Hey guys, new episode of Triflix Cast. This time we're taking over interns. We're talking about our experiences with Mwah. filmmaking. We're talking about what? I said Mwah. <laughs> Mwah. That was a really cool we're, we're taking over. We're taking over, yes. <laughs> this is our show now. <laughs> we got Spencer, we got Hayden. We're where talking am about I? We're, I, we're holding <laughs> David Austin. I don't even know where That's I am. Where too. am I? Spencer. Where are you? Who We're all you figuring this stuff out. <laughs> we talk about our experiences. We talk about our creativity and passion. Help make me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Spencer. Let me out. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Triflix Cast. Interns take over. We are creative enthusiasts, artists, and aspiring filmmakers talking about the industry's impact while sharing our own personal perspectives and goals. Today, I'm hosting. My name is Daniel. I'm the editor here at Triflix. Along with me is... Hi, my name is Kat, and I'm from the social media for Triflix. Yes. And argue that film can sometimes be superior to digital photography. Yes. <laughs> This is great. This is a great start. <laughs> and today we also have two guests. Some, I don't think you guys have actually seen these guys' faces or heard their voices on the podcast at all. But these guys have a history with Triflix, and we are super <laughs> excited to have them on. So today we have Spencer Walsh. And well, who are you? What, do you, what do? do you do? Um, I'm an aspiring film director. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we also have Hayden Myers. So I'm a graphic designer. Um, but also apparently YouTuber now, so uh, we can we can get to that later. Yeah, we can definitely get into that. We more. can say storyteller uh, yes. overall. Yes, stories. That's that's the stuff. Yes, that's stories are the stuff. Exactly, as they say, stories are soul. Food. I am so excited to be here, and I'm so like. Me too. Like I don't know what the word is, but I am grateful to know you all individually. Some of you more than others, but just the fact that I've been a part of Triflex and get to have these connections with the people around my age with the same passion and drive for filmmaking. Mm -hmm. So awesome. And so I'm really happy about this conversation about everything we're going to talk about. So to start off, um, I know Hayden and I have seen a recent movie that came out called The Fablemans. Have you guys seen this movie? I have not, but I've been wanting to so bad. You've been wanting mm -hmm. to, so you've heard about it. It's yes. like, it's considered Steven Spielberg's best film. It mm -hmm. came out towards the end of 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a specific scene in it that I want to talk about and kind of equate it to our lives personally in which like the main character kid young Sammy he goes to see his first movie in the theaters and there's a scene iconic scene in the greatest show on earth where a train car crashes into a, an old car of some sort and just the slow-mo that happens and everything happens and the character Sammy is just mesmerized by everything that he's seeing on the silver screen and you can really tell how Steven Spielberg shot it he's equated to his own life of course mm -hmm. but that's the moment that this kid fell in love with filmmaking and I just I loved watching that and I was curious what's an early memory that you guys had of when you first like fell in love with the art of filmmaking anybody can go, go first, first. so <laughs> I feel okay. like Spencer has stuff to say, so go. So this is not really like, so I, w I wouldn't call this falling in love with filmmaking per se, since there was like another time for that when I got older. But I would say the earliest memory that I kind of got remotely interested in either videography or filmography or whatnot was when I was about probably nine or 10 years old. I had, an, I had a Nintendo DS and what I would do is I would take um, either like a movie or an action figure and I would, I would videotape myself reviewing it 
Or if not, I would uh, take my little toys and I would make little stop motion animation films with them. But at that time, it wasn't really like a, like a specific interest of mine. It was more or less a hobby. But as I got older, mm-hmm. I I learned to love it. So dude, that's yeah. awesome. Was it like a DSI with the camera in it, and that's I, what you used? I or? believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. That's awesome. I yeah. love that. That's <laughs> stop that motions are iconic. Yes, they absolutely. are. They really are. Yeah. Um, so Kat, Hayden, Kat. I. Firstly, I think everyone kind of around me realized that I was obsessed with film and stuff before I did because I would, you know, watch a movie. My brother and I would watch movies together and then I would go back and watch the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. like a thousand times to figure out how they made each scene right. And then also when I learned that stop motion was a thing, Mm -hmm. I had um, a lot of American Girl dolls because I realized that I was the only granddaughter on one side of my family and I realized that I was the only granddaughter so I could ask for whatever I wanted and (laughs) I would get it. Um, (laughs) So I had a lot of American Girl dolls and so I'd make stop motions with them. And so those were kind of the first like little films that I made, but I just loved the behind the scenes aspect of making films so much and I used to draw a lot as a kid before I discovered mm-hmm. cameras were a thing and it's funny because people were always like so did like do you want to like draw stuff when you grow up or whatever yeah. and I was always like mm, no because it was kind of like a means to an end for me and I realized looking back on them all now they look like all of my drawings look like storyboards That's and amazing. like character design or yeah. costume design that's what they look like they like it, I wasn't like making a piece of art. It was like a means to an end to tell some sort of story. And that's why I think I always like stuck my nose up when everyone was like, oh my goodness, you're going to be an artist. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want to draw forever. It's yeah. just, I, I need some way to express it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious, like what's one of the behind the scenes that you consistently watch? Did you have like a favorite movie Ooh, behind the scenes? That's a good question. Up? If you can't think um, one, I was just I curious. Know I know that I watched the behind the scenes for a lot of animated things a lot. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any specific one. Um, The Disney's Pocahontas behind Mm. the scenes was really neat because they shot some stuff with um, the actress who did the voice, the non-singing voice, but the voice for uh, Pocahontas. like on location where the story set. So first of all, that was really neat to see. And then they would like go into the studio and talk about it. And then that's how I learned that, you know, often there's like a voice actor and then like someone who does the singing. And I was like, oh my gosh, animation is really cool. So, and I think that's kind of where the stop motion also picked up. Cause I was like, I can do this with my dolls and my tiny little camera that sucks, but you know, and then, um, Oh, what else? I also watched for live action, Cheaper by the Dozen, mm. the behind the scenes of that a lot, just because there was a lot of kids in it. And I also liked acting a lot. Yeah. So I was like, I want to beat them. So yeah. Coming yeah. from big family, I totally related to Cheaper by the Dozen. Yes. So, and speaking of big families, let's go to Hayden. <laughs> What's an early memory you had of falling in love with filmmaking? Uh, hmm. It was kind of like this slow dawning. This Like I didn't have like, bang, I want to be a director or, or storyteller or something. But it was like stories to me as a kid were very just like visceral and incredible. And we didn't watch a lot of movies. So when we did watch it, it was really special. And so I'd be at a friend's house and we're like watching Finding Nemo for the first time. And they're like, okay, now you need to sit, sit still and, and don't move and just watch them. And it's like, well, what else would I be doing? <laughs> this is incredible. We're watching a movie. This is amazing. So, 
Um, but I was always just like taken by stories. And then it kind of took me just a long time to realize how much stories were just like, I, I fed on them and they were incredible. And then I did grow up drawing. I was always drawing as a kid and I would just like fill my math books with just zillions of drawings, which kind of annoyed my parents, but yeah. was, they were, they were supportive. But, um, so I was always kind of like the artist and there's like, are you going to become an illustrator all this stuff? And I did have like these really expressive drawings as a kid that had stories. And so I have like a, there was one where this elk, it's like a 39 point elk or something. And then it's outrunning this bullet from like a hunter <laughs> and like, so I was very, very story focused with a lot of my drawings, That's awesome. but, um, then just like growing up uh, in high school, using my art to be a part of the storytelling process um, at our homeschool group, we had these huge theater, theater productions and being backstage and helping with costumes and weapons and armor and painting stuff. It was like, it was really magical. And I remember just watching the theater production and seeing them all use the stuff that I had helped design and create. And it's like, I am, Weta workshops from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, I helped make this come alive. Like yeah. the actors can now give these uh, performances because they have these swords and these shields and costumes and that I helped make. And it was like absolutely incredible. And I had this high from from like after the production driving home. And then, but it still was this really di gradual dawning process where I just, there was those moments where you just stagger out of the theater and like, what did I just see? Like it's end game or it's top gun Maverick. And I'm just like, this is amazing. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> or especially like after Jojo rabbit, just, mm. there's so many yes. movies like That's that. Great. So I just started gradually realizing like, I would love to be part of the storytelling process. And, and then it kind of shifted to, well, I could, hopefully maybe direct someday mm -hmm. but i understand i mean that's really difficult to get into but that was it started becoming more of a focus because um i just love telling stories and being part of the process and that's always mm -hmm. subject to change you know maybe concept art maybe whatever but i always thought telling stories is just the greatest thing so yeah bit of a long story but it was a no, gradual dying process yeah. for me and then um that's where I'm at now. So that's great. That's awesome. I love it. I would like to say, having been directed by you very briefly, you're very good at it. Oh, like you're very good at describing like what you want. Like it makes sense. It's very clear to me. Also storyboards are a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Having worked with so many film students that are like, no, it's fine. I can just tell you what I want. I'm like, no, please just no. draw it. You can be a stick figure. I just need yeah. to know what you're picturing. So yeah, it's, and even like you see some of the behind the scenes on these huge blockbusters and mm -hmm. the storyboards are, it's like, some, I know kids yeah. that could draw that well. And it's like, that's the beauty of it. You're just yeah. telling them where the camera needs to point and how it needs to mm -hmm. move. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be comic book level yeah. Yeah. stuff. Literally the, just give me a stick figure mm -hmm. and like, you know, which way the person's supposed to be looking. I, I got this. Arrows, <laughs> the yes. cross on the face. Yeah. yeah. Cause I've, I've been in experiences where people who try to describe the camera movement they want. And when I try to equate exactly what they're wanting me to do with the mm -hmm. lens, like 
it doesn't come anywhere close and I hand it to them and they do something completely different than what was in my head. And yeah. so having a storyboard, mm. I think is very valuable because even if it doesn't look amazing, you can at least get an idea of exactly what the person's looking for. You can so. even get creative and be like in the Mandalorian, the season two in the episode where, um, where Boba Fett comes out and starts mm-hmm. going ham on all these stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The director for that was a director for Spy Kids, mm. but he said the way he um, fleshed out that scene, he the way he did like a rough cut of what he wanted to look like, he said he got his kids Star Wars figurines. <laughs> he basically yes. just did this yes. little video of like, that's, that's awesome. this guy goes flying and then that guy like runs over here. And it's <laughs> like, he basically just did like a, you know, a bunch of fourth graders like mm-hmm. playing with stuff and yeah. then used that for his like template of yes uh, mm-hmm. I, he might even show that to the disney people and they're like yeah. okay that's, I mean. <laughs> that's that's awesome it's hilarious and, yeah in school people would complain that they couldn't draw and our director was like just go on location and take pictures just yeah. literally just literally yeah. take yeah, pictures yeah. Make, yeah. make it a powerpoint like I, no excuses it helps a lot <laughs> <laughs> um so you're talking a little bit about the college experience mm-hmm. inside of that so yes. do you want to talk more about that now Sure. Please share some more because like, I know I don't want to jump around your outline. You guys, both you, Spencer and Kat, we've been um, educated. went to college and <laughs> yep. were educated yep. on film-related topics at the very mm-hmm. least. And so, yeah. So let's get into that, Kat. Start. Sure. It is really funny because I used to tell people, you know, I was going to school for cinematography, and then um, a multitude of things happened. Primarily, you know, the plague, um, <laughs> and so I. The, the reason I picked the school that I went to was because they had a semester where you were supposed to get to go to LA and like actually, you know, help shoot stuff in LA. And I was like, this is great because it was a small college. It wasn't, you know, on the other side of the US and it was, you know, less expensive than being on the other side of the US too, but I would still get that experience. And then the plague happened and I didn't. So really, I feel like I have a film history degree. <laughs> that is what I have. I have a film history degree because I I can talk a lot about random films from, you know, like the 1920s or how Edison kept trying to take credit for everything, including movies. (laughs) And he like built a whole little house to like shoot stuff in and the roof lifted up so you could get enough sunlight to actually shoot these tiny little like 30 second motion pictures. So, yeah, I can talk a lot about that. But as for actual like film filming experience where it wasn't like me running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to do everything and just Mm -hmm. like directing my friends and hoping that it turns out at the end yeah um it would have to be like the 48 hour film thing that was the most like working with a crew experience that i've ever had which was really fun so i'm definitely glad that i got to do that but yeah i would say i have a film history degree so I can talk about the history of films for a hot minute and hopefully that's interesting in some way, shape or form. And then um, I got minors in photography and humanities accidentally. Because <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally got a minor um, because, <laughs> because all of my film classes were cross listed with humanities so many times that I was do I was adding it all up and I was like, excuse me registrar's office i believe that i have earned a humanities minor is this correct they were like yep that's correct i was like sweet that's great i love that for me that'll look real pretty somewhere (laughs) so and then you your school actually sent you like film equipment right yeah so nice segue thank you (laughs) so um my my history with my film school goes back probably 
five years back to probably December of 2017. Mm-hmm. So when I was a senior in high school, I had already begun thinking about what film colleges I wanted to attend. I looked at, I looked at um, New York University, uh, USC, whatnot, all those different film schools. And I saw one that was called um, Full Sail University. Mm, it's yeah. a film school located down in Winter Park, Florida. And I checked out. I'm like, hey, this looks kind of interesting. It looks kind of cool. Yeah. They have like an entire back lawn on campus that I can use for filming. Whatnot. It looks, looks kind of cool. Put off to Wayside for a little bit. I uh, just wanted to focus on high school for a little bit. And then... I think from the get-go, like that school was the main one that I was wanting to go to because it just looked really cool. And plus the curriculum, um, it's 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 different from other film schools to where most most of the time colleges just in general have a four-year degree program. This one, mm-hmm. for for the most part at least, has a two-year degree program. Mm. But the catch with that is is that you have double the work, oh. so that way you can you can get your degree faster. Mm. And so they called it an accelerated uh, learning program or so accelerated degree program because it just it was just like a fast learning uh, paced environment. And so they made sure that the students know that when they're looking at like applications or whatnot. And so I, I considered that for a little bit, and then um, in November of 2018, I applied there. And I got conditionally accepted because I I hadn't turned in all of my uh, like my ID stuff and whatnot because they because they couldn't fully accept me until I did that, but then I did and I got I got fully accepted and my initial plan was to go to uh, campus and start in August of 2019, but then I looked at the tuition on top of the um, the housing costs and whatnot and with with this school I'd say one of the downsides of it is probably. Um, like with most colleges, they have dorms and whatnot. This mm. one, they did, unfortunately did not have dorms. They have apartment complexes. Um, and so that would add on to the um, tuition. So for the tuition for my degree program initially when I was looking at it was, I believe, $80,000 for the entire degree program, which in hindsight, compared to other colleges out there, it's not really that expensive, but it's still really expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, um, since they mentioned they mentioned in, in the application that because there's so much like work and whatnot, you can't actually go out there and physically get a job because there's so much mm-hmm. because they have so much stuff going on like all at once. So they mentioned that students get a one thousand dollar aid package from financial aid every mm-hmm. month for rent and whatnot, mm-hmm. and then that would that would occur in the in the student loan debt. So it would it would it would have been an additional twenty thousand dollars on top of eighty thousand dollars. So I'm like, eh, I'm not sure I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. and so I reconsidered it. And I looked at um, uh, an online course called Digital Cinematography because I was initially going just a straight up. I was going for like a straight up just a film degree and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at digital cinematography, and I noticed that not only was a longer course because for the fil- for the film degree it was I believe two years however many like two years straight however many months that is and then for the online course it was about probably five months to six months longer mm. and then on top of that there were no housing costs because of course it was online so you take away twenty thousand dollars for the student loan debt and then on top of that um, the entire degree program itself was about twenty five thousand dollars cheaper mm-hmm. so I'm like okay I'll, okay. I'll do that instead yeah. and I and I pushed back my uh, start date because you can actually I, I could actually push back my start date because um, like I said with most with, with most film colleges or with most colleges in general they have semesters that st- students can both uh, mm-hmm. drop out of or like um, uh, begin class with and whatnot. With my school, it was a month-to-month thing, so it, you could you could literally apply in like May and then start in June. It was that fast. But with for me, I um, I pushed my uh, start date back to November just for work reasons and when I wanted to work mm-hmm. more, some more, save some more money. Um, so I start college on November twenty fifth of twenty nineteen, and um, 
it goes good for the first couple of months, but then of course, you know, 2020 begins and yeah. it's, it's, it's not a very good show. Um, <laughs> so, um, it's, it, of course it's with, because it, it starts out easy and whatnot, like, I'm like, this is, this is a cake. Why well, can't make it through this? But then, but then it gets, but then it gets harder, of course, as you go through it. Um, and so it was just a whole amalgamation of, um, School stress and then family drama and then I believe in April of 2020 I lost my job permanently. Oh wow! Because uh, we were we were already on, uh, we were already hanging by a thread financially, and so we it was COVID was the final nail in the coffin for that, and so I lost my job I believe on April 23rd 2020, and so but luckily because of that I was kind of allowed I it was it was in a way it was stress reliever because it allowed me to focus more on my schoolwork, mm-hmm. and speaking of the schoolwork. Um, because the whole family drama and COVID and whatnot, not being able to see anyone, I was having a lot of mental health issues, as I'm mm-hmm. sure everyone was. But with school, although it was very stressful, um, the creativeness actually it forced me to get my mind off of the stress and whatnot and focus on being creative. Mm-hmm. So that's even though it was a bittersweet experience, I yeah. that's what I loved about it the most because it it, it took my mind away from that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so for my entire degree program. Um, it, it, it didn't really get into the film-based stuff until probably like a few months in, because a lot of it was more like, um, like a little bit of it was more like core stuff, like, you know, math, science, mm-hmm. all, all that all that jazz. And all so that we cute stuff. All that cute <laughs> stuff. And so we didn't, we didn't get into the film stuff until about four months in. And then they sent me a Sony FS5 camera with a, with a tripod, which I can't remember the brand name of it, which is which broke which i'll, I'll, <laughs> which I'll go like i didn't even break it it just broke on its own it's, it not, that's, it's all going down in a second and so uh, they sent me a tripod and then they sent me um a set of three newer led lights like kind of mm. like these ones in the studio except without the coverings and whatnot yeah. and he sent me that and um they sent me like a like a giant bounce board for like bounce lighting and whatnot and so that was basically my at-home kind of film equipment and yeah. whatnot and so so I, I I start the I start that whole process and eventually I get into my first actual physical film uh, film assignment, and it's it's one where they want you to shoot a short film, mm. and so they they said if you can work with uh, other actors you can but if you want to shoot it on your own you can, mm-hmm. which in hindsight I do not recommend whatsoever no. <laughs> do not do not direct and star in a film yourself it's just it is 100 percent it is so horrible but the part of the reason why i did was because i had all my friends well, partly because of covid too i had no friends that were available mm-hmm. so I, bas- I basically had no other choice but to do it on my own yeah and on top of this just because of the timing of the course and whatnot i was filming this in the dead of winter and they and they mm. were one of the requirements was you have to do a scene or a shot outside oh wow <laughs> and so <laughs> and so i um I filmed the short film. It was it was so hard because it was it, because there's, there's no one there to pull focus. Right, the mm-hmm. hardest thing is the focus. When you're setting up a camera and trying to set focus, it's mm-hmm. you're you, it's like a, it's a, a purely trial and error because you're trying to make sure it's perfect or whatnot. And each and every single time, even if a take audibly was good, sometimes I would be just a little bit out of focus and it would ruin the entire take. So I had to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. And on top of this, um, at the, at, at that time and here still. I was living in a house with up to six people, wow. and so I could not. And, and, and on top on top of that, four dogs, oh, four, wow. four yes. very loud dogs, <laughs> and so I could not possibly shoot during the day. I just couldn't because yeah. there'd be too much noise and just too much action going on. Mm-hmm. So I had basically no choice but to shoot it at night. Mm. So I, I, this, I have I seen this one. 
Was this the one you sent me? I think you have. It okay. was my first one. Yeah. yeah. And so I filmed that. Um, so we, we were given like a course of a week to shoot it and whatnot. The main issue with that was, even though I was shooting and I, and I was doing I was doing a pretty good job keeping up with schedule and whatnot, but one thing I realized that because one of the one of the assignment requirements for this assignment in particular was that um, you have to show that you're doing everything manually and not on auto, mm. especially oh. the white especially the white balance. And I completely forgot the white balance was on auto. Oh no! And so I was probably about eighty percent done filming when I realized that, mm. and this was. A few nights before I actually had to turn an edited cut into as an assignment. Mm. So I had to restart wow. 80% of the film just a few days before the actual due date. And I, I stayed up for like probably, I would shoot from like 11, maybe 10 to 11, 11 p.m. And then finish probably at about 6.30 in the morning for wow. about three nights in a row. Oh my God. It was so tiring, but I, yeah. I got it done. And um, and in the end, I got a 90% on the assignment. Let's go. Yay. Let's go. Way to go, man. And then... Um, College kind of breezes by because like a lot of the a lot of the courses are kind of like easier stuff like yeah. because they do know that students put in a lot of hard work to get the short films done so they kind of they don't mm -hmm. make you do that every single course, but I did work on a few more short films after that. Um, the second one also kind of did um, had the same issue where I had no friends available because and part of the reason this was was because. Um, I was initially going to work with a friend of mine. He was going to be my actor and whatnot, but due to he got a second job right when I was going to start filming, mm, so his yeah. availability was just out the window. And so I had to I I had to scrap the location. I had to rewrite the entire thing in a matter of a day, and then reshoot the entire thing. I didn't even film it. I I just had to film it again, like a, like literally two nights before the assignment was due. Wow! In the dead of winter again. <laughs> With the, with the required at least scene or shot outside. Seems like you're very bitter against winter. Yeah, and on top, on <laughs> top of that, not your friend. <laughs> and, and here's a whole process with that. So, um, so my front door has this issue of when it gets extremely cold out, it locks from the or doesn't lock, oh, but it freezes no. shut from the outside. Oh gosh! And so whenever I got done with a take <laughs> no. outside, I have to I'd have to walk around my entire house just to plug my oh, SD card into my computer to see if the shot looked right or not. Oh, and then if not, no. I had to do the exact same thing over again. Wow. <laughs> And film it. That's the worst. So That's the worst. It just it just goes to show that if you're going to be a filmmaker, you, you have to have a lot of passion and commitment. But it's not it's yes. not for the faint-hearted. And friends. And friends too. Luckily, I well. That's the thing. Like I, I know it's been said, and we've talked about it. It's like real artists don't wait. Yeah. For the equipment to show up, they don't wait for the actors to show up. They work with what they have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a very prime example of yeah. doing that. And so like props to you. Thank you. That was probably so brutal. It, oh my god, it was. <laughs> I'm it was. hoping those grades were worth it though. Oh, uh, speaking um, of grades, I'm going to go into that real quick. Yeah, so please. Um, so I'm very curious a quick question. Did you get a bachelor's or got a bachelor's degree in uh, digital cinematography? That was okay. the degree. It was awesome. basically an online film degree, but it was, it was called digital cinematography. Dude, that's sweet. So um, speaking of the second short film, so the main actor that I was going to work with, um, I had him be a voice actor because I, I still wanted to keep him in it. So luckily that worked out. Yeah. So whole entire school thing goes by. I do a couple like I do like a documentary and whatnot, which is I think is my best work at the school nice. and whatnot. Um, whole thing goes by and then. Finally, after like two and a half years of just nonstop stress, like 11.59 p.m. every single Sunday night, I was crunching on assignments trying to get them in. <laughs> and um, October of this year comes along, October 28th in particular. My dad and I fly down to Florida for my for my college graduation. 
I was I was considering whether I wanted to because I'm afraid of flying, and so <laughs> I'm like, I, I do I want to do this virtually or do I want to go to campus? But I'm like, you know what? I put in so much hard work. Me doing it online or virtually would be so lame. Just mm-hmm. yeah. like just just I mean, you, you plus you you've already go. put in so much effort, you've already taken so much risk. Face your fear of flying and then go down to Florida and yeah. just graduate on campus. Right. And so that's yeah. precisely what I did. So uh, How was the flight? it was the first flight was nerve wracking because it's like once you're up in the air it's like oh, oh no this is like really happening there's, yeah. there's no going back now yeah. like, this no. is it you cannot get off the Dude, plane I'm relating so hardcore with this because yeah. I was terrified yeah. of going on a plane and then during the flight we hit, we hit a little bit of turbulence and it, that was terrifying too but eventually we got through it yeah so um, we get down we get down to Florida in, in about two and a half hours or two hours rather we get we go to a hotel and then we it's, this is about like probably 11 o'clock at night and my graduation is uh, at noon the next day mm-hmm so I go on campus, and this is like this is literally like a dream come true because I have been looking at this college for the past five years and just looking at pictures of it, and now I was fi- I was finally here in person, yeah. and it was just a surreal experience to just be a part of. And plus, the entire graduation had all this all these different light setups and whatnot, which other uh, other graduations don't, at least from my experience, don't even have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just overall a really cool experience. And then t- the top one off, I'm not going to brag here, but I'm going to brag. To you on hard, you got to. Yeah. I know so what I, graduated, I graduated. I graduated with a 4.0 uh, GPA and I graduated as uh, the valedictorian of my degree program. After all Let's go. Round of applause. Let's go. Yeah. What you. a man. What a man. Yeah. <laughs> so, totally worth it. So that was my uh, college experience. So yeah, yeah it's that's, all, it's all over now. It's awesome. kind of, it's kind of weird that it. it's, it's over now, but um, it was, it was a, it was a bittersweet experience, but it was also, it was also a joy ride as well. And I enjoyed yeah. doing it. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome, man. Yeah, thank I you. I think it's funny that you mentioned having to film so much stuff alone because um, the first thing that I was ever supposed to shoot for a class, I had it all set up. I had like the times with my friend figured out mm-hmm. and everything. And then I got exposed to COVID and they were like, you can either quarantine in your tiny little dorm room for mm-hmm. two weeks or you can go home. And I was like, Pfft. I'm going to go home. <laughs> and um, my parents had a rental house that just happened to be sitting empty at that point. Mm-hmm. So. And now a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Coffee House 5. With locations in Franklin and Greenwood and Suna 3rd in Bargersville, Coffee House 5 is Johnson County's premier independent coffee shop to relax, study, or meet friends around great coffee and great food Monday through Saturday. Whether it's a handcrafted espresso or a single origin pour over, you'll enjoy the freshest, smoothest coffee possible roasted in-house at their Franklin location using a unique airbed roasting process. And don't forget to pair your coffee with a ham and cheddar scone, biscuits and gravy made with their award-winning Parmesan chive biscuit, or any of their other pastries and sandwiches prepared in their Franklin kitchen using family recipes and a style they call Midwest comfort food. As if that's not enough to get your attention, Coffee House 5 is a for-benefit coffee house. All profits are invested in building a stronger community through their support of local mental health services, which you can read more about on their website, coffeehouse5.com. So next time you're in Franklin or Greenwood and soon Bargersville, stop by Coffee House 5. Point. Mm-hmm. So I got to go there and then I was like, well, I guess I get to star in this film too. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's really funny. My script was three pages long. Mm-hmm. Would you like to guess how long the final cut of this movie was? 30 seconds? <laughs> I don't know. Four minutes. Nope. I'll go extreme and say 10 minutes. 20. What? Oh, what? Dang. Jeez, man. 
and <laughs> I think I think I did get it down to like 17 or something because it was supposed to be between like five and ten minutes <laughs> and I had a three-page script and you know the general rule of thumb is that you know it's w- it's it's gonna be about however many minutes was your script is right dialogue heavy because I know no. how much you talk so no, it was, <laughs> there's like no dialogue in it at all it's because I did so many um I just watched this film in a different class called mm, what's it called it has the word paradise in it somewhere and it's from like the 60s (laughs) and it's shot in black and white and it's a bunch of long takes and for some reason that stuck with me i was like i like this vibe i don't know why i like it also (laughs) i i i don't like video editing which is why (laughs) there it is there's the real reason there it is (laughs) which is why i like the aspect of being able to like be on set and make something and then have someone else go edit it and i'm like that's great you do you (laughs) you don't Um, like video editing i mean i i do like it but i i prefer if someone else did it because it's not my forte it's just like i enjoy just being on set Mm -hmm. in a physical location filming something and Although editing, I like it because you're, you're building a narrative. Yeah, I I just yeah. leave it to someone who act like who's like like professional and who knows exactly what they're who, doing. Yeah. I would rather yeah. give it to someone who's passionate exactly. about editing. Yeah. Here's a question: What software have you used for I, editing? Mainly Adobe Premiere Pro. That's what you use, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And my and, school was an Adobe school, so yeah. that's what we used to. I guess it just might be Final Cut that you guys need. Because <laughs> well, I've never touched stuff. Premiere Pro. Yeah. So. I've edited stuff on Final Cut and I did like it, but I just, I, I don't like editing as a whole. And I think it's because um, I used to, with one of my best friends, we used to make little like set in the 20 silent films, right? And that was basically like my one woman show. Like she played the other character and everything else <laughs> was me. <laughs> <laughs> and great. so I think I like really burnt myself out on editing. Plus, mm-hmm. um, no matter how much I begged or pleaded that perhaps like, you know, some sort of nice Apple product <laughs> with Final Cut would be really nice to edit on. My parents refused. And so I edited on that old home computer that had like Windows Movie Maker 10 <laughs> 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 on it. And I would edit a scene and it'd be great. And then it would crash. Gosh. And then yep. I have to do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and you again, feel like you're fighting your equipment to yes. actually get anything made. I have, then, I have a story that relates to that because with my com- mm-hmm. with my computer on Adobe Premiere Pro, my computer heats up really fast, and so each time yeah. I would film something, the computer would heat up re- really fast, and then I would have to stop editing and then let it cool down, and then yep. plus it would drain the battery too. So yep. I can definitely relate to that. I will say one very nice thing about the school that i went to is that they have an entire room of mac computers wow it is a beautiful space (laughs) it it is amazing and you just go in there and you kind of like pick which mac you want to be yours for the year and you just claim that seat and you don't let anyone else sit there i was thinking it would be like a harry potter wand who's a wizard (laughs) type thing i mean that's why um on like the first day of any class it was in the mac lab you wanted mm-hmm. to like get there early so that you could like pick yeah. the seat you wanted because sometimes it was just like a which seats left thing but also it was a very small school so there was one class where we made our websites and it was me and one other girl <laughs> that was the class that was it i was like i'm being homeschooled again this is great <laughs> that's great i love it love it hayden i would love to hear more about what you've done as far as like filmmaking and if you want to share more, because we've gotten to hear some of the college experiences. I know you did go to college. Um, remind me again what you went for. I went for, well, out of high school, again, I had no idea what I wanted to do. It was something like artistic or mm-hmm. 
illustration or something, but I wasn't super sure. And so I just started taking gen eds at Ivy Tech mm -hmm. to get those out of the way in preparation for whatever I pursued. I eventually just kind of settled on um, animation, but specifically not the actual animation side, but pre-production like uh, drawings, paintings, et cetera, design for animation. Cause I figured it's a lot more design for an animated film than like a live action where they're just doing maybe a few, you know, some storyboards and mock-ups depending on what kind of story it is. But, mm -hmm. uh, so I thought it was a good marriage of story and painting and drawing and being part of the storytelling process. So I pursued that for a while. And then, um, I kind of figured like, you know, getting into anima animation would be kind of a process. And so I started doing graphic design stuff at Ivy Tech. So I eventually got like an associates for graphic design and mm -hmm. um, that was a good experience. And I also got um, some nice filmmaking experience from Ivy Tech because they had their own locker of equipment. And I took like a video class or two because I was interested in it at the time. And then they had the the room full of IMAX, and that was handy. Um, so do your graphic design work on there, and then mm -hmm. in the video class, do your editing and all that. So that really helped me get into the programs and actually learn the programs. Um, so yeah, it was a good experience overall. It, it, it was kind of drawn out because I didn't know what I wanted to do at first, but eventually through doing graphic design and then being able to do those video courses, that really helped things. So yeah. awesome. I could have learned it potentially on my own, but it would have been how many years longer of just trying to blunder Trial through, and and, yeah, and yeah. not just having all the access to all the. There's Adobe always stuff. gonna be that though. Yeah, there's always gonna be trial and error. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I didn't edit in Lightroom until last year. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Because oh, wow. as a photographer, <laughs> as a photographer, as, as, a, as photographer. a photographer, you gotta <laughs> specify that. <laughs> like our reactions are. I, she's a photographer. I would get judged <laughs> not only so hard. She, you have on a that. business in photography. <laughs> and once I started actually like making people pay me to take their photos. I learned how to use Lightroom and I was like, okay, actually this is, this is kind of nice. Um, but the computer, my first laptop that I had like in school, actually like it, it was not good enough to, I told my mother specifically, I was like, I would like some sort of Apple laptop cause I know what I'm going to school for. And the salesperson was like, what about this one? And I was like, no. And she was like, that's great. And I was like, <laughs> So like it, it, it couldn't run it and it had like one of those little crappy editing oh, systems no. in it. But what's so funny is that like the number of times that I took digital photography um, one semester and I didn't like that class because I didn't feel like I learned a lot because I kind of already like knew all of the stuff because it was like a basic digital photography class. And I was like, I already know how to do all of this. <laughs> um, yeah. But one of the requirements was that you were supposed to edit in Lightroom. Mm. Most of the time, I didn't want to go down to the Mac lab to edit my pictures that, you know, I'd taken that day and forgot about and put off. So I would just do it on my sad little laptop and I would I would get good grades. And at one point, and at one point, it was when it was when I got sent back home to be quarantined. Um, I was doing like I zoomed into the class and I was like, you know, presenting my photos for that week or whatever. And I was like, first of all, I did the wrong assignment. So I took those at like midnight and then edited them really fast. And then also I was like, yeah, and by the way, I don't have, you know, Lightroom on this computer implying that I had been using it the entire rest of the class. And my professor was like, whoa, these are really good though. And I was like, 
see, I don't need Lightroom. <laughs> but it was just really funny. So, yeah, I can't remember what my initial jump off to that was. That is okay. But well, we've I been thought talking about a lot of good it stuff. It was funny. So, so no, it is that funny. is that was my everyone was like you how do you edit i was like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know it just well, kind of us really know <laughs> you just you're thrown into the deep end of the pool with editing yeah whether it's f- photos one single frame or mm-hmm. digital media that's multiple frames per second yeah it's you're just you just gotta start mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. how you learn and then trial by error and then through that yeah, the the, yeah. the worst era era of my photography was when I didn't know editing was a thing. And mm. I just told you this story the other day. Um, two of my friends and I recreated a photo um, and it was before I like knew how to edit stuff, mm. but I knew how to turn the black and white setting on in my camera. But, <laughs> but I didn't think of that when we were taking the pictures. Mm. So then I put the picture on the computer <laughs> and then I took a picture of the picture on the computer with my camera in the black and white setting and then I put that on the computer and I was like whoa yes. this is so cool guys oh my gosh wow. so, that's, so that's, I've come a long way yes. yeah. <laughs> this is great um, so in the I guess the scheme and sphere of editing and creating stories and creating narratives and getting more into storytelling as a whole I Hayden, you mentioned at the beginning of this that you're a YouTuber. Asterix. Basically. Now <laughs> I guess. Like don't downplay share, it that much. Would you like to share with everyone what exactly you have produced on your YouTube channel? Yeah. Um, so. Brilliant. Oh, <laughs> that's true. It's true. <laughs> um, Am I wrong? I'm always hesitant to use like content creator or YouTuber because it strikes up these images of uh, saw <laughs> today we're going to swallow three gallons of jello in under an hour not on the patreon um <laughs> i'm an influencer you know <laughs> just that whole image uh is interesting so maybe i'll call myself i i am a youtuber but storyteller uh you could say director editor i don't know um, you do all of that, so yes. Yeah. I do have you, to do you put videos on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. That's your platform. Talking about working by yourself, you've learned a lot from that. So Yeah, and that came so out of Ivy Tech and learning those programs, and then we come back for COVID and we can't go to the computer lab, so then I have to download, like I have to take the jump and do the student plan on mm-hmm. Creative Cloud, and then, then I have Premiere Pro, and then... Um, so I learned that and I learned it because honestly, if you have something you're passionate enough about, then suddenly the obstacles don't really matter anymore, you know? So I really had nearly no idea. I did very basics on how to use Premiere Pro, but like Mm -hmm. very much caveman-ish knowledge. (laughs) And then I started figuring out that we had, um, home footage, not only from like the nineties that I finally got developed like 90s and 2000s, but then like from the 80s, 70s, and then like color footage from the 50s of my dad. It was incredible. And I was like, this is like my parents' whole life. Mm. Like that's pretty kind of rare when you can get that, like Mm -hmm. stretching back to the 50s. So I used that to make this whole, like I just had this idea in my head, this epic narrative of like our family history because we had some awesome times and that was all on our parents and I had to try to show that to them. This is what you guys created. 
like this family this is we we all love each other and it's it's awesome but I had to show them, show, don't tell, you know, because yeah. I kept on telling them and they're like, oh, well, that's, no, thank you. That's, that's nice. Thing. I was like, no, that's not nice. I'm just, just a thought that counts. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, it, it became this gargantuan project and I searched through like, I had to go through like over 30 hours of footage and then nest clips into this library of hundreds and hundreds of clips and assets and, um, it was nearing like 900 or a thousand clips. And then it's just like, so I made like this 40 minute long movie and through that, I just had to learn everything. So yeah. I just mm -hmm. YouTube. Okay. How do I unnest a clip? How do I, <laughs> a clip? How, do I how do I work this sound bug out? So then I actually just learned editing because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't necessarily trying to, it was, it wasn't about editing. It was about, I have to make this story real. I have mm -hmm. to bring this to life. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really special memory sharing that video with my parents. But then eventually, like during that time, I'm always just like ingesting stories, podcasts, books, movies, all these things. And so I'm hammering my family with like at the dinner table all the time with like oh, the history of the wild west. And, um, so, you know, there was do. a molasses flood in 1919 in Boston. And <laughs> did you know interstellar came about because like just all these things. And then I was like, some of these are actually really interesting and I'd like to share these with people. Yeah. Just so how do I do this? Well, I've seen this video essays so I could make something like that. And then, mm -hmm. so I just started writing down ideas and then slowly the number of ideas grew and I was like, okay, I have to make something. And then uh, eventually last year I finally put something together and it wasn't even like a great idea. It was like, is this, is there enough here to do something? This idea, it's all right. Okay. I'll just make it, put something out there, get the channel off the ground. Casually. So <laughs> it, man, the amount of time it took though, just editing, just, gazillions sure. of clips and mm -hmm. that's the thing with video essays because you're making an argument and mm -hmm. you're proving that argument which means you have to draw from all these different movies which means you have to download footage and then you have to cut mm -hmm. out the scenes and mm -hmm. then the, yep. make it flow and then I didn't have the music I wanted so I had to like make my own music and um, so that was all fun but also really stressful but I was like okay I'm just gonna throw this out there and I didn't even have the export settings right. I'm still learning it. <laughs> so it ex exported to like 720p instead of 1080. But I mean, <laughs> I figured it out though. I know. Yeah, yeah. Now I know how to. Oh boy. But I was like, you know, I, I've just. <laughs> I know that hurts. I'm sorry. He's dying. Fortunately, yep, most okay. people are watching it on their phones. So yeah, it too much. not for but, I know most normal people do not care what you just said, and my reaction makes no sense to them. <laughs> well, but I for cared. us to yeah. understand, yeah. you guys yeah. know my pain. Yeah. yeah. I tried to figure it out, and then I couldn't. So I was like, you know, it does, uh, this video is not probably going to do a ton anyway. I just need to get something out there. Yeah. So I did, and I was like, my hopes are not super high, but the first week it got like 90 views and I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, that's, 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 I was wanting a little more than that. And for then the first video on a YouTube channel, 90 views in the first, 
Yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's not bad. That's not I, bad. That's yeah. not bad. I used to jilt people. I'd go on Facebook and I go, I hold my breath until we get to a hundred views. So you better go watch my video. Okay, continue. It's kind of like that lady who was like. If I don't get invited to the royal wedding, then I'm just going to sit out in front of Buckingham Palace and not eat. And they're like, okay, starve. She's like, uh. Oh, yeah. Want to live yourself until you're successful. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. The first week was like 90 views. And then the second week, uh, it started getting to the hundreds. And it was like, oh, sweet. Awesome. And then, like. It was in the thousands on like Thursday and then it was like 5,000. Then I call my sister and have a conversation at the end of the conversation is at like 6,000. I'm like, <laughs> can you say content creator? I mean, <laughs> sheesh. I mean, let's go. And then I just kept on going. And then Friday it's in like 20 and 30,000. And then Friday night it's yeah. 60,000, 70, and then Saturday morning, it's like 80, and then Saturday night, it's 170,000, and then Sunday night, it's 400,000, and then I'm like, uh, <laughs> what is happening? Uh, and then by like Tuesday or Wednesday at midnight, it hit a million, and I was like, jeez. Well, um, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that was in very surprising. Um, Do you know what your current count is? 2.6 million. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just kept on going. Just, just I it just looked it up. Okay. I was like, what's <laughs> it at now? <laughs> it was about, um, as for the listeners, it was about like the Mandalorian. And I just, I love armor, I love helmets. It's super cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then I thought, you know, every movie I've ever seen, they put a helmet on a guy in like a battle scene and then mm -hmm. like 13 seconds later the helmet pops off for some <laughs> reason and i'm like well okay that's probably because they just want to see the character's face mm -hmm. and we need to see that emotion right yeah and then i see the mandalorian they're like it, it stays on basically the whole time and i was just I, I was thinking that's pretty interesting why did that work like that's that's very different and i was still invested in the character mm -hmm. um so I didn't know if there was enough there to explore, but I thought, okay, it's might it's it's interesting enough to to do a video on. And I even now like it's not an amazing video, and I feel like some parts of my arguments are a bit weak. But I think the overall premise that Hollywood just takes helmets off constantly and doesn't allow the actor to, you know, to to really act is, mm -hmm. I think that holds. I think some of the smaller arguments maybe not as much, but. Mm -hmm. In general, yeah. yeah. So then I just kept on trying to, like, a YouTuber had told me, like, you should have a runway of content. And I was like, will do. And then eventually <laughs> I was like, this is so hard. I'm just going to release one and whatever. And then I was like, I wish I had a runway of content. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, so I have one other video out besides that. And now I'm just trying to really, like, I was writing today. And... Um, working on as much as i can and, and painting bullet holes yes because i'm a i've done graphic design so those thumbnails mm, that's that's your <laughs> opportunity yeah. to make a piece of art yeah right and so i was doing a uh thumbnail for an upcoming video where there was this driver and those action sequences and so i had a car on the thumbnail but 
I was like, well, the car needs to have bullet holes. <laughs> so I started painting bullet holes and I had to study what makes a bullet hole look realistic on cars mm -hmm. and then to make sure that they looked realistic and then like how the light captures around the rim of the bent metal and yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right. Just casually. Yeah, just casually going into the details of a bullet hole on a thumbnail. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellence no over it, everything. But, but now you will you know. know. Yeah, <laughs> like that's one thing. Like, even when we know, probably ninety percent of the people that see this are gonna overlook it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you have to give up on being excellent in what we're creating. Mm -hmm. yeah. The details that we see, not everyone's gonna see. It's true, but there'll be that one person out of the 99 who actually notices and pays attention to the small little minute details to the easter eggs mm -hmm. to the focus to the pans to the art to the color yeah. grade everything that we know that we can mess up on and when we go and put our due diligence in and drive and focus on those things so that those one percent people can see that and appreciate it that makes it all the more worth it mm -hmm. in my opinion yeah and i think it's cumulative too like all of those little things that other people overlook because it's not a big deal and they just kind of halfway everything. Mm -hmm. When you do so many of those little things correctly, they're bound to notice something, but also it's all cumulative to when they watch it, when they see that product, all of those little things come together and that's what knocks them off their feet and they're like, whoa, this is way better than I expected. This is mm -hmm. way different than the other content that I usually experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like it all just kind of comes together in the end, but yeah. yeah. My biggest issue is that, um, in terms of the, my whole filmmaking process is that I I tend to be a perfectionist. Oh my gosh. And yes. so yeah. like, I tend to like, I, whenever I'm thinking about making like, whether I like, can audio or a video cut perfect, I think mm -hmm. about, is the audience really going to notice this? And mm -hmm. it's like, is the amount of effort that I'm putting into this really worth it? And sometimes I go back and forth on it because there are times where, where I was in college editing either like a video that I made or a short film. And it's just like, I, I'm, I'm adding all this extra stuff purely for my professors, but mm -hmm. it's not like most of the audience members will actually notice nor care about it. And the same thing for a couple of products that I'm working on now. It's like, mm -hmm. I want to be as good as, I want to make the audio and video cuts as, as good as I can make them. But at the same time, it's like, not everyone's a film major or film professional. Mm -hmm. So they're not, they're not really going to notice or care about that. So it's kind of a, a back and forth yeah. between with me. So. And I think there is definitely some instances in specific things where less is more, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where you don't have to put this much focus because there are times that I'm just, focus on one specific moment in my video but then because i drew all my attention on that it's now over edited mm -hmm. and it's a little too choppy in yeah. places or just this doesn't fit right in the mm -hmm. whole grand narrative because everything else is like edited well yeah. but this is like whoa and it sticks out like a sore thumb mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it doesn't fit the rest of the tone so having it making sure to carry the tone carry the right pacing and all that stuff that's what you really I find difficult to do when editing because I get caught up and I see like when I'm editing a wedding video here, I'm just like, this is so cool. This mm -hmm. shot specifically is a great shot of like a horse in the fog in the background. And I'm like, I just want this. To, can this just be the whole movie? Like, just this. Yeah. Just this. You mean like a just picture? This. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, because it has to be moving. There's so much emotion that comes from movement and like, 
Because, like, I've always, like, I've really enjoyed just stuff that flows well. Mm -hmm. Like, I love writing poetry. I love listening to music. I love it when everyone's dancing on the dance floor at parties. I love seeing life, and seeing life means there's movement involved. Mm -hmm. Photos are amazing for Mm -hmm. capturing memories and capturing moments, and they can definitely convey emotion, but they don't convey life as well as a movie can mm-hmm. because movement is lacking in photos. In some ways. In some that's, ways. Well, that's actually very interesting because a newer trend now is actually like sh- slowing the shutter speed down in photos mm-hmm. to convey movement more. Right. And it's a whole new trend that's yeah. going on. And I'm like, I'm very intrigued and it's by very this. Intriguing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've seen those in those definitely, I would say, yes, that conveys a lot more mm-hmm. movement and a lot more emotion into like, say it's like a girl like twirling a dress. Yes. It's like, okay, this is capturing not just one moment, but multiple moments. Mm -hmm. And that's very cool. But overall, that's why I think I find myself personally attracted more to movies than photography Mm -hmm. and film. Uh, Like, attracted more to film than photography (laughs) (laughs) because I really enjoy when things flow Mm -hmm. and things are moving. So even if it's just a still shot of like wind blowing through like a graded fence Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just like it. Yeah. So, uh, we have a little bit more time. Uh, if you guys don't have any questions, I have an end closing question. Sure. But if there's stuff that you guys want to talk about, I'm going to try to talk about that stuff. Okay, cool. What? So um, I guess I'll Please just... <laughs> share, Spencer. <laughs> talk. Uh, uh, so I want to I wanna share a little bit more insight into like how my whole film interest started. Yeah, please. So, I, I love that. Like I mentioned the whole uh, Nintendo DS thing, so that was more of like a hobby, not really an interest. But I would say similar to Cat's story of when I was about probably 14 or 15 years old, I would I would do this thing where I would watch behind the scenes of movies constantly. And mm-hmm. I was just I just thought it was so intriguing how they're going to all these different locations and building these different sets and just filming stuff. Yeah. And so I think I just I, I really don't know what I how I specifically got into filmmaking. I just kind of I just did. And it's it's so weird for me in that regard because it's not like other things where like you you have like a main focus of like what got you into something but with this it's like I just kind of did and so there's it, it seems kind of unnatural to me and so with that whole thing I I developed an interest in creating shots and so what I would what I did was that um in my sophomore year I was allowed to take a core forty class at Columbus East was it core forty. Or something related to that. It was like a, it was like a special, unique class that's not like assigned to you, like a like a core thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to my one of my teachers who was who was assigning the stuff, and I said, "Hey, I'm kind of developing an interest in like you know video stuff. Are there any like filmmaking related classes at Columbus East High School?" And we looked, and there wasn't a filmmaking related class, but the closest one I, I could find was a class called Radio and Television. So I'm like, okay, sign me up. And so that's what I did. And so what I what I would do is that um, I would I, I learned because, because like TV and film are obviously like related in, in a lot of ways. And so mm-hmm. I, I learned a lot of kind of film esque related stuff in that class, even though it wasn't directly film related. And what I would do is that. Um, my teacher would let me, let me take a camera and tripod home overnight and mm-hmm. just film stuff. And I would That's film awesome. a bunch of cool different shots or whatnot and just make like stupid short films out of them. <laughs> and, it would, and the films are lost. I have no clue where they are at this point. No, no narrative, just, just mm-hmm. a lot of cool shots. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, hey, I kind of want to be, well, I'm, I'm thinking I want to be a cinematographer or so, something related yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. But then 
I, and then and then I went into uh, making short films at school. And again, these short films were just awful. They, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of our early on works was good. <laughs> Un- underexposed visuals and and peaking audio. Because there, I remember this one time where I was showing my teacher the, one of my short films and. I was using music and I did not edit it properly. Oh, and there was no. one spot where it just blew the entire soundboard <laughs> out. It was just so loud. It was a creative decision. Creative decision. I and I can, by it. And he didn't, he didn't say a word for it. He just watched it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. And so I did that while in high school. And so I'm like, and, and this and this is like was right around when I started looking at film colleges to go to and whatnot. And so. Um, I just I I kind of I, I gradually like went back and forth of like cinematography or acting or because I liked I liked to like a little bit of acting too I liked doing mm-hmm. that stuff but I'm like that's not really like a main career goal for me yeah but I can I looked at, I literally I I'm not sure if this is the exact memory because it's, it was like and now a quick break to hear from our sponsors Passion for Acting Theater Company. Passion for Acting Theater Company has a passion for bringing excellent and entertaining live theater to audiences in Bartholomew County. Passion for Acting Theater Company, created in 2018, performs dinner theater productions at the terrific and eclectic Willow Leaves of Hope on the Square in Hope, Indiana. Their first production, The Miracle Worker, was a huge success and received great reviews from audience members. Since then, Passion for Acting Theater Company has performed 10 shows, ranging from comedies like The Kitchen Witches and The Odd Couple, to drama and suspense like their original murder mystery, Angel Street, to classic children's literature like The Secret Garden and Anne of Green Gables. Their next show will be Kalamazoo, a comedy about what happens when older folks try to get into the online dating scene. Kalamazoo will be performed at Willow Leaves of Hope in February, just in time for a Valentine's Day or to laugh the winter blues away. Enjoy a delicious dinner and a great night of entertainment at Willow Leaves of Hope. Phone number is 812-341-7251. Call now to make reservations for this laugh out loud comedy. Exact memory, because it was like six, seven years ago at this point, but mm-hmm. I remember looking up the definition of what a cinematographer and director was, and when I looked at when I saw the definition, I'm like, I want to be a director. Yeah. <laughs> Screw cinematography, I want to be a director. <laughs> Like directors, directing is it is like you just have, throw cinematography out the window. Yeah, and so the part of the reason why I chose to, why I chose to want to be a director was because straight up I just liked you know having that creative control. I just liked being able to direct things and just make things mm-hmm. kind of my way. Yeah, you know, and part of what goes into that is because like growing up, I, I didn't really feel like I had a lot of control over my life, and so that's, that's probably part of the reason why I chose directing. Mm-hmm. And so this gets this kind of passion just developed over time to where I would just make short films at, in high school, and then it just kind of went from there. And then it's it yeah. the rest the rest is basically history. Yeah. And on top of this, I forgot to mention this. So <laughs> in my senior year of high school. Um, we, I, I, so I had three different teachers in my radio and TV class for three different years. I'm not going to mention his name or whatnot, but <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. So he, <laughs> this was, this was this guy's first year teaching, right? Like mm. he had just come out of working at like, I think at like a TV station somewhere. Okay. First year teaching ever. And I was literally the first person he ever met in that class. Wow. Ever. <laughs> and so I recall him, uh, sending all a bunch of me and a, uh, a bunch, bunch of other classmates up to our, it wasn't, it wasn't a gym, but it was like kind of a workout area at East high school. And, um, he wanted us to just film B-roll or film different shots of uh, people working out or whatnot. And so what I would do is of course I was the, the movie guy. I wasn't the TV guy. I was the movie guy. And so yeah. what I would do is I would, 
I would I would film shots, but I would make them super cinematic by yeah. adding a lot of dolly movement and whatnot, <laughs> and just making filming from, from, from a lot of cinematic angles. And I recall my teacher saying, "Okay, no, he he says he and he said he wanted it to be because in TV, at least, at least from what I've seen, a lot of TV B-roll shots tend to be static, just pan shots from either left or right or up mm-hmm. and down and whatnot. He wanted it to be like that. He did not want it to be all cinematic <laughs> and whatnot. I'm like, okay, okay fine, I guess, and mm-hmm. so." Although I still kind of tried doing that here and there, and it was it was kind of fun to just kind of experiment with that, and it was just <laughs> cool to it was cool to like just get some sort of I would call it pre knowledge before college because yeah a lot of the that classmates rhymed. I had <laughs> I know I was satisfied I was like mm, yes <laughs> pre knowledge before college yeah. put it on a t shirt yeah <laughs> and so, sell it <laughs> exactly make some money off of it so anyway so. Before I went to college, I I I, I, I kind of felt bad for a few other classmates of mine in college because I could tell that a lot of them were, had just started learning about filmmaking related stuff mm-hmm. in college, and so yeah. of course, I was I like I was kind of above them in terms of knowledge and skill because mm-hmm. I already had gone to uh, high school and and learned about this stuff for three years straight, mm-hmm. and so. I already had some pre-knowledge before college, <laughs> and so that kind of that kind of helped me out a little bit, and then. And then I just recall uh, a few times where, like, I, th- I recall this one point in, it was my, I think it was my second year of radio and TV where I was filming, I think it was um, one of the, um, auto, not auto, but like uh, police um, academy classes or whatnot. I was filming okay. them just doing like a training course. Hmm. And I recall my teacher saying, hey, Spencer, you have really good uh, framing here. I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. Thank nice. you. I wasn't attending that, but I'm like, okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> cool. And so that kind of helped the whole um, aspect of like, um, especially when you're going into film, something that helps you in terms of your confidence in yourself is mm-hmm. it's just peer feedback. And that's one of the, what, that's one of the whole, that's one of the entire aspects of movies and filmmaking in general is feedback and reception. Because that, that'll dictate how you feel about yourself. Yeah. And so in college, um, whenever I would make something, and I recall um, this was this was a course in my in my university called um, Composition and Visual Design. This was the course where we really started using our film equipment and whatnot. And what our instructor would have us do is just take various pictures and uh, using certain framing and whatnot. And so I recall him saying, and this, and this, and this, st- this is still with me to this day because this guy had forty years of experience in the, in the in the field. He was like a camera operator. He was, I think, he was he was a DP or director of photography. Mm-hmm. He was a lot. He was all that stuff. He had, yeah. he was a pro essentially. He knew all of it. Now I recall him saying, "Hey Spencer, you, um, you're f- like I, I'm really impressed by like the fact that you just picked up his camera like a week ago and you're already." doing a good job i'm like okay <laughs> thank you and at the end of the course um he sent me a message saying oh by the way spencer you're you're i think it was i think there were 75 people in the class for that for, for at least that month and he said you're one of two people who got 100 percent in this class wow. only one of two I'm just, awesome. I'm just like oh yeah i didn't i didn't think i'd be that good yeah but, but like, i was it's yeah it's so fun when you exceed your own expectations of yourself. Mm-hmm. I know, right? And I think yeah. not a lot of people realize their potential yeah. when it comes to what they're passionate about, what they're gifted in. Yeah. And I've seen so many people, like, for instance, your example earlier of your YouTube video just being blown up. like, mm-hmm. And you even now you're criticizing the work that like <laughs> millions of people have now seen and love. Yeah. And like you, like getting the compliment from somebody who's so experienced and like getting that compliment and seeing like from Mm -hmm. just a hundred percent like that you're able to do something that's actually like remarkable yeah and like 
exceeding your own vision for yourself is really exciting. It like it heightens your dreams beyond the stars. Yeah. And it's really cool. And I love that stuff. In contrast, I want to bring up something that's also like a college experience of mine too. I mean, it's not, I guess it's not directly in college, but it's yeah. something that happened during college. So this is going to go into my whole thing with Triflix. So perfect. Plug. Yeah, perfect. Perfect segue. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, welcome, Cole. So, <laughs> this is for you. So my history with Triflix goes back probably to 2015, like right when I got my whole interest in film started. Um, so Tristan um, actually went to the same high school I did. He went to East. Yeah. And I recall, um, I think he was one of like two video videography companies to come in and interview one of my teachers. And my teacher knew that I was developing an interest in film. And so he said, hey, I, one of my students is developing an interest in film. Uh, can I have like a business card or something like that? And Tristan was one of the people who left his business cards. And I, I recall it, it was, it was like back when he had, he had just started. And so it was like, compared to now, it was <laughs> the, very, yeah. just, it was very amateur. I mean, it looked good, but it was just like, compared to now, it was very just like low in budget. Development. In, in development. Yeah. And so fast forward about five years after this, um, we have an assignment at my school where because I was in an online course, we had to do this thing where um, our school was requiring us to reach out to a local film company to get a submission assignment in for about 24 total hours, not cons- not like com- not like consecutively <laughs> over like a day, but like just over a period of time. And so I remember thinking like, hey, um, why don't I reach out to Tristan because I've, I've heard of him, but I, I haven't worked with him before. Like, why don't I do this? Mm-hmm. Why do I work with him for my, uh, for my film project or whatnot? And so... I did precisely that. I reached out to him on December twenty eighth of twenty twenty, or no, maybe it was. Maybe this like, guy no, got his dates. Like, like, I'm like, we're being you so are like oddly calendar man when it comes to I, dates. I, I, like, I, still, I still have his email too. <laughs> so I think it was maybe it might have been like December twenty sixth, but I, either way, it was around that time. And I recall getting a reply from Tristan saying, "Hey Spencer, uh, thanks for reaching out to us." Uh, um, We'd love to have you in on set, uh, make room for you, like to have you intern or whatnot. And I was giving him, him the specifics of this uh, whole uh, hourly submission assignment and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so he he, he accepted me. Nice. So awesome. I recall uh, my first ever meeting with Tristan and Cole was, uh, it was online. It was on, I think, January 7th of 21. He's trying so See, hard with that one. I, <laughs> yeah. I date stuff by what color my hair was and how short it was. I was like, I was like, okay, I know I cut my hair off in in April after my graduation. So I had still had a little bit of the red tips. Yeah. And then so it was like a week after that. That's 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 how I date stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very I'm very precise with it. So <laughs> so yeah, January 7th comes along and I'm a nervous wreck because it's my first time talking to the both of them and both of them just at all i've never mm-hmm. i've never been, i've never met cole before and this is i mean i've already been affiliated with tristan sort of and so i talked to them and they they're just wanting to get to know me and whatnot and mm-hmm. the the entire thing lasts about an hour and we just talk about different stuff like uh what i'm doing in school and whatnot what and why i reached out to them and whatnot so that whole thing gets set up and we schedule an actual meeting date to mm-hmm talk about what I can do for them as an internship and whatnot. Yeah. And we met up at, um, we met up on January 18th at Graham's bakery here in town. And I recall, I recall the date well, because I was <laughs> nervous. And so I, we went up at Graham's, Graham's bakery and I was just so nervous. And so we went there and we talked about just different film stuff and whatnot. We, we talked about different projects that I could be a part of and whatnot. And then the first one I did, I did the, pro, the first project um, I, I worked with them on, was something for a church here in town. It was on January twentieth, 
just a couple days later, and it was a really fun experience. Like I said, I was nervous because I had because all these these Tristan and Cole were working with this equipment that I had no mm-hmm. experience with right? whatsoever, and so I was just nervous. And I, so I, I I pretty much filmed behind the scenes B roll stuff, and yeah. so it was kind of cool in that regard. But I eventually, over the course of my internship here at Triflex, I I learned a lot of cool stuff, and then. The 48-hour film festival comes along, <laughs> mm-hmm. which this is my like first ever like quote unquote professional. It is professional. It's like a professional film thing. Mm-hmm. So it's my, it's my first professional film project ever, and so they invited me on as like a grip or a second AC or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, and through that I met this director named um, Abhishek Satham. Shout out He's to him. So yeah. cool. And so he was <laughs> you love he was just fangirling over here. He was the first AC. <laughs> And so I met him. It was a pretty cool experience working on the whole thing. Yeah. And, I, and I felt on top of the world when I was doing this because, like, this is my first film project ever. I'm still in college. And on top of that, this movie's going to premiere at an IMAX theater up in Indianapolis. I'm mm-hmm. like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I would, anyone would kill for this experience. And so it was super fun in that regard. And I felt on top of the world. And in hindsight, it was kind of small to what I've, I've, lived, I've experienced up to this point. Mm-hmm. But I met him. And then... Like a month or so later, he invites me on to be a second AC for a short film that he works on filming in October of that year. Yeah. A movie called Permission. Yes. And so this one, this one was the real deal because this one had a lot bigger crew. And on Mm -hmm. top of that, the crew was, had a lot of experience. And so I was working under the uh, director of photography and first AC. I'm not going to mention their name just for just for privacy reasons and whatnot. And then again, for, for, with this film, I was, uh, I was an absolute nervous wreck. I was looking up how to, stack C stands properly. I was look, I was looking up how to coil cables. I was looking up everything because I wanted to be yeah. as prepared as I possibly could mm-hmm. knowing that this was a smaller film. They would ask you to do more stuff than just be a second AC and whatnot. Yeah, they're particular yeah. about their cables. Yeah, and so <laughs> they, are. they are very particular. And so I, I researched all that stuff and I was still nervous about going into it. And I remember uh, meeting, the, meeting the DP in the first AC and um, so I found out that the first AC it had probably about 10 plus years of experience. And so when he when he asked me, he's like, "Hey, uh, how so? How many short films have you worked on so far?" I said, "Yeah, this is my second one." He kind of gave me that, um, like a like a okay, okay, like a nod like that, which which told me like he was kind of disappointed in the fact that this was my only my second yeah. film that I've worked on, mm-hmm. and so he was going to have to be doing some like on on the job training or whatnot mm-hmm. with me. But luckily, he was he was super patient with it, and he helped me out a lot, and so I learned a lot on that set, and so it was just like a. I would call that whole thing a, a bittersweet experience because, like I said, I was I was working with people who had ten plus experience, ten plus years of experience compared to me, who had just worked on their first short film like a mere two months earlier or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, I, I I figured that like the DP and the first assistant probably wouldn't take well to having to do on the job training, but it's it comes with the territory because you have you have to get in, you have to get your foot in the door somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they were they, luckily they were patient with me and, and and they figured that I probably didn't have much of experience, and so they were. They were they were accepting of me, luckily, mm-hmm. and so it was a bittersweet experience in in that regard because I was I just, I didn't know what I was doing half the time, so I was I was awkwardly having to learn and just make an absolute <laughs> fool out of myself. But I learned a lot, and so I feel a lot more prepared for my next film gig whenever it comes up. So and it's yeah. just, 
That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. It's a lot of Dude, stuff. And, it's all, and, and, and the biggest thing about it is just that like I did all this while in college. It was not yeah. out of college. It was while I was still in college, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. which a lot, lot of people just don't experience that. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to have experienced and gotten that experience while in college. And that's just yeah. great. So that's just great. So yeah. would you, would you recommend going to college for film or would you recommend just trying to like learn what you can in situations like that? Cause I'm curious. I would say if you're like super, super passionate about it, I would say go ahead and just, I mean, do it yourself. I mean, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're that committed to it, then I, then I would say so. But yeah, hey, but if you want to, if you want to, if you feel like you can't learn everything online or learn everything via Google or whatnot, I would just recommend, I would recommend going to film school. So that way, um, because if, for example, if you're, if you get a job out of college that requires you or needs you to be like a grip or, or an AC or, or, or a production assistant, you can't really learn that stuff by just looking. I mean, you mm-hmm. you can learn it by looking it up online, but you don't get the mm-hmm. actual physical things yeah. unless you go to an actual college. And this is coming from me who went to an online college. But I'm, I'm just saying for the, for the as a matter of fact that if you're really wanting to learn like the actual entry-level jobs like grip and first AC and production assistant, all that stuff, um, going to like an actual physical college will help you be a lot more prepared for that because for me i had to learn all that stuff the hard way by making a fool out of myself on the mm-hmm. set by working people who had tons of tons a ton of experience compared to me and i knew i, I figured that if i had gone to film school in person mm-hmm. i would have had all that experience beforehand but either way if you're if you're it's it's i would say it's an either or for me if you're if mm-hmm. you're if yeah. you wanting to learn it online you can but if you want to if you're if you're wanting to do something physical then do it physical too yeah, so, yeah. i'm yeah. just curious because like like I, I never even got to use a clapper in school. <laughs> in school, I got to, I got to hold one once, and then I told him that I was gonna like make a faux documentary for my final project, and he was like, "Ah, oh, most documentary filmmakers just like clap their fingers, so you don't need this." I was like, "My clapper, <laughs> but I want to come back to me. <laughs> I want you to clap." Especially when watching those, all those behind the scenes growing up, like you just right. see those all the time. Like, they look want, so fun. I just want to yeah. use the oh clapper. So I was sad. So it's, and like I saw you just like yeah, <laughs> throughout the BTSs of the short films, just. Yep, <laughs> and I'm like, Spencer looks like he's having a grand time. I, I mean, like, I kind of yeah, it's just like, um, <laughs> it's it's not a. It's, I mean, w- with with the 40 hour film film thing, like I'm not really. Like because I think the second AC job entails a lot more stuff than just clapping a slateboard yeah. because you mm-hmm. have to put oh, down, yeah. you have to put on tape markers. I mean, for some mm-hmm. films, there's that's, a lot of responsibility you have to, that like, people put, just yeah. don't see. You have to put on like camera reports and one at least from, mm-hmm. from, from, from what I've read, it's not that, that's not that's not the same yeah, thing the, for every film set. But yeah. Yeah. it's a lot more than just clapping a slateboard. But that's oh, yeah. part of the reason why I enjoy it because like even though my job compared to like a director or a DP or a producer, although my job is small, it's still vital because otherwise mm-hmm. they won't have. I mean, they'll have to. They'll have a harder time sticking up the audio in the video yeah and to your to your point cat your professor technically isn't wrong no because it's not because it's like because why <laughs> why use it i mean for sure the clapboard's there for telling the editor what the take is mm-hmm. whatnot or what what yeah. clip it is but overall it's like you can just do the same thing by snapping your fingers and boom mm-hmm. it's synced yeah. yeah so i i understand the professor's point there but at the same time you kind of need a slate just for like visual cues and yeah whatnot. information it was visual like, cues cause, and, yeah because i wanted to make a faux documentary and it wound up kind of being like a real documentary <laughs> that wound up again being about me which i did not <laughs> intend like it was supposed to be like about you know the dark room but yeah. like the office style but about the dark room and it was going to be great and i showed him like the first like 
section of it and he was like uh take out that and that and that i was like all of the funny stuff he was like yeah just <laughs> just stick with the narrative of you getting ready to do your senior show and i was like but then th- it's just me again i don't want it to be just me but um it was really funny because at the end there i have like a whole like little monologue that's like my like love letter to the dark room as i'm like leaving college basically but it's really funny because um i (laughs) i put um the sentence was something like you know even if people feel like these art classes are important and then i cut to a clip that was the president of the college (laughs) (laughs) they are (laughs) and um i showed it to one of my friends and they were like Kenny that's the name of my professor we love Kenny he was like Kenny's gonna make you take that out I was like no Kenny's gonna love it and Kenny didn't let me, he, he didn't make me take it out and nice. and we had yeah, our little go, we, we had our little um premiere in the auditorium and that clip was in there and awesome. I was like that's great I love it subtle anyway but making yeah. waves using your art for a purpose for cause yes, yes. yes. I was like I'm not leaving without this in there yes. it's great it's great all right before we end I mm-hmm. want to do something that's just a quick question kind of like a segment type thing basically just quick take mm-hmm what was the last movie you watched oh, and was it good to your standard? Hayden, do you want to start? Uh, <laughs> let's see. These are going to be quick. I'm trying to remember. If you can remember, whoever remembers, go first. <laughs> the last movies that I saw in theater were See How They Run and Don't Worry Darling. Um, and Were they good to your standard? And You Should Worry Darling. Um, <laughs> that was... <laughs> That was that was a film that I saw the trailer and I saw you know the costuming the hair the makeup the set design and I was like this is accurate to my you know limited historical like dress research knowledge I was like this is going to be very interesting and then my brother and I went and we watched it and the movie ended and we were like I don't even think that the movie knew what it was doing at the end. (laughs) So I would watch that so you can talk about what the heck happened. (laughs) And then see how they run Mm -hmm. was very interesting. Um, They played a lot around. See, I like watching editing. I mean, like that was amazing. I liked that. I just don't want to have to do it. Um, But they did a lot of things where instead of, like two people are talking right instead of cutting back and forth between those two people they just had both shots where you could see both of their faces playing on the screen at the same time mm-hmm. mm. it was very very interesting mm. and so i i really liked that about that plus you know like it was it was just a good you know little detective story overall but yeah. that part of the editing was very interesting to me and they did it several times and they also were very like self-reflexive and like made fun of you know watching a film like nice. being a film yeah. it was it was very interesting so cool 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 hayden do you have your quick take um the gotta be quicker than watched. cat this is not just theater right this is hmm? this is not just theater like just any no, movie. just any movie uh i just saw ant-man and the wasp i hadn't seen yes. it ever mm-hmm. um and i'd always just been told it was it was like it's fine and i i can agree it was, it was fine, fine. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I, it wasn't bad or anything nice. i was like 
I keep on hearing about Quantum Mania and yeah. the trailer, and people are like, "Oh my goodness, it's the, the new big villains." So I was like, "Well, I should probably watch the second one." Yeah, watch the third one. That's so, fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer, he's, this one's going to be about a film that, I mean, even though it's not the most recent movie that I've seen, it's the last movie that I got to see in full that I, even, I that I hadn't seen in full up up until that point. <laughs> so I met up with a few friends. It was Halloween. So I said, "Hey, why don't I've never seen The Exorcist in full? Why don't I watch The Exorcist?" In full? Oh wow! <laughs> and so we, we did that, and I, I, I had already seen like a few of like the most iconic clips mm-hmm. online or whatnot. So I said, "Hey, I mean, it's called the scariest film of all time. Why don't we watch the whole movie?" Oh wow! I, this is going to sound like this is going to be so unpopular to say. This is going to be like blasphemous, but the most of the movie is just boring. <laughs> Honest, like seriously, most of it. Take, quick, take. Let's go. Seriously, like most, a lot of it just like it's a lot of it's focused on this priest character that's most most often a side character, and it's like his story. Even though I guess it's important, it's just like compared to like the girl who's possessed by the demon. Yeah, it's like that whole build up to his story just serves no purpose when she's the one being like attacked. Yeah, you know. And so I thought the fact that they're focusing on this priest dude it's just it's just it's boring yeah. and, and this and this may be like a biased opinion because I've already seen the most iconic clips and that it's kind of already mm-hmm. old to me but at the same time mm-hmm. it's like still it's those parts are just it's just not it was kind of boring to me yeah. so th- I know it's, I know take. that's blasphemous <laughs> to say but still that's just how I felt about I it so it's, the, it's your own take own it that's, yeah. that's what this is about uh, I recently watched a movie new, a new movie a newer movie released on Netflix called the pale blue eye mm-hmm. it's edgar pa- edgar allen poe based off murder mystery starring christian bale and oh. it's very interesting and i'm not a huge dark movie dark tone person mm-hmm. it's not my cup of tea yeah <laughs> but i i do respect it like especially when tim burton does it this isn't tim burton but it's a very Tim Burton-esque tone mm-hmm. and so i actually really enjoyed it some parts of it towards the end i think they would just it was kind of lazy writing, mm-hmm. um, but other, the twist at the end also really got me, and I was like, "Okay, cool, I'm all in, I'm all in." Yeah, so I, I would say it was good. Yeah, it was good. Good. All right. Well, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for enjoying, and thank you all, you all, for being it's for fun. being here. It's, it's great to have you guys. Not awesome. the day we originally planned. <laughs> uh, not the day we originally planned. And I, I appreciate you guys' flexibility with that. So. <laughs> If you want to see some creative stuff, definitely follow Hayden's YouTube channel. Do you want to drop that name? Sure. We can tag you. It's MythWest. Kind of an odd name. Uh, it's like the Midwest, but mythical. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. It'll to be in the words. description, too. We'll tag it. Yeah. If you see the the blue logo with the white M, that's And what definitely be on the lookout for the name Spencer Walsh in the future. You will mm-hmm. definitely see that name for sure yeah. in the future. I'm hoping that college was worth that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope so. so we'll yeah. see in like five years or so probably yeah, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, call us we'll come back yeah. we'll come back yeah. and we'll just talk again there you go <laughs> sounds good <laughs> awesome um definitely like subscribe follow us on trifling sc- well, i'm sorry cat you, you're my oh, geez, I know, I'm what, kidding, what I'm you, <laughs> go buy pictures from cat okay just just go <laughs> Every, everyone's things will be in the description you should check them out because Sometimes yeah. we make really Sometimes cool they're stuff. cool. Yeah. Sometimes they're fun. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely like, subscribe, follow. Um, Triflix Snaz, Triflix Film, Triflix Team. It's a lot of fun stuff, guys. Thank you all for watching. So yeah, we'll see you guys next week. And cut. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>